Welcome to Tech Whispers, the podcast that takes you inside the playbook of the world's best digital leaders. This is a show for digital and business leaders who are passionate about learning from the industry shapers and market makers. Join your host, Dan Roberts, as he unpacks the unique stories, leadership philosophies, and answer the call moments that define and differentiate the best leaders of our day. Our goal is to help you gain an edge and move you beyond your comfort zone so that you are driving more impact and value for your team, your company, and your career. Let's get into the show and hear from another amazing tech whisperer. Welcome back, everybody. I'm excited to shine the light today on Little Caesar's CIO, Anita Klaffenstein, one of our industry's bright lights and a source of inspiration for many. And you're going to see what I mean in the next half hour or so. When I first invited Anita to be featured on Tech Whispers, she said to me, and I'm going to quote, full transparency, I am a pretty boring person, but I can talk about the team all day. I am truly just the obstacle remover for a very talented team. You're going to find in our chat here that she's not really a boring person. She's probably one of the most interesting people you will ever hear about. In fact, when I first met her, it was at a CIO event. She had just won an award and she just about had the entire room in tears. And uh, it was a pretty special moment. So Anita, let's start right here. Welcome to the Tech Whispers podcast. And please tell us about this obstacle mover leadership philosophy of yours. Well, hi, Dan. And thank you so much for having me. And you know, I really do view my role as an obstacle remover. I can't write code anymore. So, but as a leader, you know, I think it's really critical that I ensure that the team has everything that they need to be successful. So whether that's new tools, whether that's resources or training, or even sometimes just ensuring the right business people are in the room, I look that that's my responsibility to get to, for them. So um, it just, my goal is to whatever it takes to keep them moving forward is, is to make sure that they have. Um, and uh, sometimes that even come down to helping them ask questions and think about what about, you know, what about if this happens or that happens? So it's um, truly just making sure they can be successful. Um, you know, as far as my amazing team, oh, they are so talented. Uh, you know, this is a group of folks who supports you know, several companies or all the companies at Illich Holdings. So one one morning they might be working on uh, something for Little Caesars. And then in the afternoon, they're pivoting over to working on a project or an app for the Red Wings or the Tigers, uh, trying to make sure that at the arena, we're pulling off really great events, uh, whether it be concerts or, or sport, sporting events. So they just, they just run like a well-oiled well machine. Um, they have a truly amazing ability to think outside the box themselves. And in fact, to the point that often companies like uh, Microsoft and Google, we work directly with their product teams and they say, hey, we're thinking about developing this. How do you think we could use it? Uh, and, and that's a lot of fun for all of them to be able to look at some of the new things that are coming uh, down the line from our tech partners. That's pretty cool. And, you know, you, you're, you're kind of like an iceberg to me, Anita. You know, above the water, you see certain parts of what you do and you just kind of keep it calm. And, but underneath the waterline, just talk about the different responsibilities you have. Because as you say, uh, it's Illich Holdings, which is many different entities. Mm-hmm. Yes, Illich Holding encompasses many companies. So we have Little Caesars, 
We have Blue Line Distribution, which is responsible. It's a big distribution. We have 14 distribution centers throughout the U.S., and they actually ship the products to all of our stores, uh, all of the ingredients necessary to make those delicious pizzas that we have. We also support um, uh, Champion Food, and they do a lot. It's a food manufacturing company that makes things for our fundraising group, as well as products for us, as well as our brand new uh, Motor City Pizza that you can find in many of your frozen food sections today. That's if you can find it, because it seems like it sells off the shelves as soon as we, we stock them at, at, at um, grocery stores. And um, so we support Little Caesars fundraising, which uh, a lot of schools use to raise things for their, their different programs. Uh, we have Little Caesars Arena, which, by the way, is the second busiest venue in the country, only second to Madison Square Garden. And we're working to catch up with them. So uh, we also have three outdoor venues uh, and casinos. And of course, we support our favorite Detroit Red Wings and Detroit Tigers. That is incredible. That is incredible. And and uh, I just love your passion for the businesses and the company and all that you're doing. It's a private company. So hard to get a lot of information and your comms person made sure I didn't ask certain questions. So I'm going to honor uh, Jill. She's fantastic. But let's unpack some of your story and superpowers looking back at your career. So, you know, you, uh, you've been some in some amazing companies, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, which is a leadership factory for people who don't know. You've been at Express Scripts, which had other amazing leaders like Neil Sample, John Joplin, Ron Gary. You, you know all these folks, good friends of ours, right? And then you were four years at, at Panera when you got the call. So I don't think you were looking. I think you had a great gig going on there. But take us back there. And what was it that attracted you to, to take this opportunity at Little Caesars? I was very happy at Panera. You know, I'd actually thought I would retire there, but um, uh, at Panera had just made the decision and finalized a sell to JAB. At the same time, Little Caesars reached out and said, "Hey, we have this opportunity for you." And I thought, "Oh man, do it? Can I do it? Am I smart enough to do that?" Um, and but I also thought. This is might be my last chance to know if I can really pull off being a CIO. It might have been a smarter move if it had been for one company as opposed to 10. But um, <laughs> so anyway, Little Caesars and myself took a leap of faith with each other. And, and here we are. And it's been great. Never bored. We are never bored in IT. <laughs> no, that's for sure. That's for sure. You know, I um, your story has many dimensions to it. And I, I reached out to I think four different people who were enthusiastically uh, yeah, wanted to be part of this show and to honor you, unpack your story. So let's listen into this first mystery question, this first mystery questioner, and uh, tell us who this is and your relationship, and then have some fun with, with the question. So let's listen in. Hi, Anita. It's so difficult to ask you this question when I know so many of the uh, great possible answers, but here's your mystery question. What is your greatest accomplishment and why? Hmm, who's that, Anita? Well, that is John Meister, CIO of Panera. And I'm amazed you got a full sentence out of him without a four-letter word. So, <laughs> <laughs> See, you know, you never know what you're going to learn on the show here. <laughs> oh, but this is an easy one. You know, my greatest accomplishment by far is, is my family. Um, my husband and I have 
12-ish kids between homegrown, adopted children, and, and what we call wandering souls who hang out with us all the time. But we've also fostered over 30 children. Some, you know, stay in contact with us. You know, we're not perfect. No family is perfect. And, and I often describe to people that our family is pretty much like the Steve Martin's version of Cheaper by the Dozen. But we probably have knives involved somewhere. But uh, so <laughs> it has always been uh, controlled chaos at best. But, you know, watching them grow into being productive members of society, especially for the the foster kids and adopted kids who, you know, people had just, you know, basically written them off. And, you know, they're very successful. They have great jobs. They're passionate about their families. So watching that evolve has just been so rewarding um, for my husband and I. And, and quite frankly, you know, my husband is an absolute saint and I'm so thankful for him, you know, supporting, you know, not only my dream of being a CIO, but for me, you know, I just had a really hard life and I just had a lot of people who helped me along the way. And I really wanted to pay that back and pay that forward and in helping other children to, to realize their potential and their dreams. Yeah, that's uh, just incredible. I mean, what, what you and your husband's name is Lynn, I believe I met him, met him at the uh, Converge conference, which we'll talk about. And uh, let's talk about John a little bit. John Meister at Panera. He's going to be on the show this spring and good, good friend of mine. I would say, like you, one of the best human beings I know. Just, just a great, great person. What did you learn from John? What did you take away from that, that experience that allowed you to be a great CIO today? And, and I'm just curious, when you walked in his office that day and said, John, I'm, I'm going to Little Caesars, what did, what did he say? Um, well, I think he did a happy dance, but no, <laughs> so, but no, John is, is one of the great people on the planet. And I still refer to him as being the best boss I've ever had in my career. Um, even here at Little Caesars, I, I tell Dave Scrivano that all the time. I love you greatly, Dave, but John still is at the top of my list. And he just, he gave me that, he, he gave me guardrails but he untethered me, right? So uh, he fully trusted in my capabilities of solving a problem and leading a team and rally crying, presenting in front of the business. Uh, he never he never had to micromanage my PowerPoints or he just was completely, you can do this, you know? And he also gave me a safe space to vent. Um, and he still does. So, you know, I would, there'd be times I would just walk in his office, would, I'd slam the door and he had the same option. He could come into my office and slam the door and we would, you know, I could just fully explode my emotion, right? <laughs> and, and him and I have developed some very colorful language with one another, but it, it was that safe space that um, I could be the real me and and he could help me then um we would never solve a problem for me, but help me look at different angles of how and get my brain circling so that I could then pull out different options. And he he's still to this day my lifeline. He is my phone or friend. But when I did get the offer um, with Little Caesars, you know, I took it to him and not only, he helped me negotiate it. And he said, you can do this. And I'm you know, he goes you've got to, you have got to go try it. You have got to go 
by all means fly away little chicken. And, um, and he, he really was very supportive of it. So I, I can't thank him enough for just everything he did to just build my confidence that I could actually, you know, go pull this off. And, and again, literally he's, he's still my phone, a friend. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I know you've done that for people too. Anita, you know, talking with some of your folks, they appreciate your leadership style, the way that you are always there when they need you, but you're not in their business. They feel like they're, they're, they're able to go run and, and uh, do their jobs. And, you know, I want to unpack some of uh, the Anita-ism, some of these great expressions that you use. You know, I, I spent a lot of time learning and listening from, you know, to you all and, and uh, capturing these Anita-isms and these expressions. But um, for our younger listeners, especially, I think this is really important. And for some of those of us who are more mature, let's just say that, I think they need to be reminded of this. But what is it you say, you talk about what gets you in the door but what's allows you to achieve the great success? Yeah, my, you know, my computer science degree always gets me in the door. You know, back in prehistoric times, computer science degree was pretty important uh, in getting a job. Maybe not so much now, but uh, having that degree got me in the door. But having that communication background, because not only do I have a degree in computer science, I have a degree in uh, what we called radio, TV and film. And that allowed me that communication allowed me to go in. Uh, and actually have that ability to compare and contrast with the interviewer to listen to what they needed then to be able to show examples of where I had finished that or done that in other positions. And it also gave me the ability to take some compl- complicated computer technology you know, concepts and to break them down into business speak. Um, because what I have found out through my career is you know, we can talk so much with all of our three letter acronyms and all of our words, and then the business starts to glaze over. And sometimes, you know, they don't want to appear, you know, not highly intelligent and understand computer concepts. So they don't ask questions. And then you have that miscommunication. So just by able to chunking that up, breaking it down. um, uh, I'm a storyteller by heart. That's part of my my TV background. Uh, And so by putting those examples and stories together to really try to gain understanding for what we're working on within IT. Yes. What people don't realize this, but at age 19, you were a, you were in the news business, right? I mean, what was your role and, and what were you actually doing at that time? I, you know, I had to go back and think about that, but when I was 19, uh, I was attending Indiana state university I was working full-time because I paid for all of my college, so I had to have a full-time job, and I was working at WTHI-TV in Terre Haute, Indiana, and um, I was a news producer and a reporter, so uh, I was responsible for ensuring that that 6 o'clock and 10 o'clock news got started on time and ended on time because, you know, um, Walter Cronkite or Dan Rather starts at 630, not 631. You're not, you know, it was 630. So it was making sure everything was timed out. Stories were timed out. And I think the other thing it taught me was, is that ability to think fast on my feet. There was no time if a reporter didn't have their story done to to form a committee and discuss at nauseum what you were going to do. It was go grab me that story. You guys take out page three, go to page four, get that one ready. 
boy, buddy, you better have that done in, in two minutes when the story's done, because I got to throw the tape in and we got to do the countdown. So it's boom, 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 boom. Uh, and, and I think that just helped me in my uh, in my career of having that decision, quick decision-making ability and not having to rely on, you know, months and months. In fact, when I was at Enterprise, I had one of, our, one of my uh, managers at the time said, I don't understand why you think timelines are so important. I go, I lived that for a very long time. So it was, I, I had to explain to him not only you know, my news background, but all in high school, the theater background, curtain goes up at seven. Again, not 6.59, night 7.01, the curtain goes up and the band plays at seven o'clock, you better have it ready. So, um, so that's just been instilled in me, but it was, it was a lot of fun. It was very, very, very uh, chaotic, but. but yeah, well, I can see a lot of the skills uh, have stuck with you and it allows you to be a, an amazing communicator when most of our profession wrestles with that. So, uh, one of your other, I don't know if it's an Anita-ism, but you're a, you're, you're a no surprises kind of a person. Um, in fact, rumor has it, you'd even go sneak in and open up your Christmas gifts and maybe take a peek and then wrap it back up. You Were you one of those people? I, I was. Every Christmas, I unwrapped every present and rewrapped them. I could literally cut the tape off and completely look at everything and put it all back together. My mom tried padlocking the closet door, but I have a unique um, lock picking skill that I would I would break in. And now I don't try to. My poor husband still tries to surprise me. And for some reason, I will truly accidentally just find everything he attempts to hide. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I do do that. But for me, the, the no surprise rule is just keep me informed. You give me a heads up because if I'm talking to franchisees or senior leaders, I really don't want to be caught. And neither does any of our team. So we just kind of have a standard heads up, a group chat, right? That heads up, this is happening or heads up, I heard this. And that just allows us to communicate more in sync and allows us to um, be informative when we're being asked questions. So um, it's just... It, it helps me help them be the first line of defense uh, in solving any potential issue that's coming up. Yeah, no, I think that's such, it just builds good culture, you know, good behaviors and, and leadership anticipating. And last one for you, Anita. And uh, my hunch is you probably didn't teach this to your kids when they were growing up, but maybe you did. And one of your mantras is don't close your eyes, plagiarize. Got that from one of your folks. Yeah, 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 that that is my thing. Actually, I learned that one from Don Ross at the time, who was the chief operating officer at Enterprise, and he was sending me over to the UK. Here's this young computer person. I think at the time I was a project manager. Uh, I might have been a director, and we were going over. I was being sent over to find out um, how the UK business is different and why we weren't doing well. And I'm going, why would you send me? you know, a computer person to figure out why your business isn't running. But, you know, um, Anita has since learned to keep her inside voice in a little bit with some questions. <laughs> but, but he said, don't close your eyes. I need to plagiarize. And, and what, what I mean by that and what he meant by that is go find out what people and companies are doing well and bring it back and let's adapt it. We don't always have to recreate that wheel. You know, we don't always have to write our own code base. You know, um, one of the things that when I got to Little Caesars, we had written our own inventory system for our stores. I what? Why? You can buy those off the shelf, which is what we did, and that what that allows us to do 
It allows us to take those folks and then focus it on our company's secret sauce or, you know, in, in other words, what makes us stand apart from our competitors. And let's spend our time doing that than working on things that are out there that we can buy off the shelf and utilize it, you know, in our back of house. So. Well, you know, pretty staggering. Let's, let's kind of pivot into something I know you're pretty excited about, which is a, you talk about secret sauce, a new store platform. And I know, I know there's certain things you can't tell us because they're truly uh, some of the secret sauce, but what is it about this platform that's impacting your business, your franchisees? I looked at, at uh, Statistica, uh, Statista, which has pretty good stats out there. There's, all, there's like 4,100 plus stores around the world, um, all your customers. Tell us about the platform that you and your team have just uh, rolled out. Um, yeah, we're very excited. We developed a cloud-first store platform system that not only does the, the point of sale in the front of the store, but it also manages uh, the, the actual make line, which is where the pizzas are actually put together. And then it goes and, and it tracks where that particular order is in the oven and lets the person at the landing who has to, I, if you envisualize the Lucille ball with the candy, that the candy factory, yes. this person is sitting there as all of the product is coming out of the oven and they've got to box it, they got to cut it, or they got to get the crazy bread in the wrappers. And so it allows them to see what's heading their way and to be prepared and what order it goes with. So that originally was developed on some pretty old architecture and, and wasn't very stable, but we rewrote it not only as, again, to be cloud first, but then we made it, um, you know, being an Indiana kind of farm girl, we, uh, I like belts and suspenders. So not only do we have it in the cloud, but if something would happen in the store would lose access to the internet, they can run um, their store. It can run in store also. So it has just been a great product. We have shown, um, for example, in the QSR industry, we have turnover of, in those stores virtually every year. So training uh, is, is very expensive. And, and at the point of sale, we went down from what used to take two to three days to train someone on that point of sale down to about a half an hour. And we proved that out by uh, one of uh, our colleagues trained my husband uh, uh, on a video for our business conference on how easy it was to use Caesar Vision. So we, we put it out there for the world to see. And, and he was taking orders within 15 minutes. Uh, and with our make line, if it's a new person that really doesn't know everything or how to make that pizza, we have a giant job aid that is right there in front of them. And they know exactly, here's the sauce, here's the, here's the amount of cheese, here's the cheese cup I use, here's the number of pepperonis, and it moves on. All he has to do is just focus on what that job board tells him. And, and he's got it done. And if it's a seasoned person, they can turn it off and they can just run, run through the orders. So it has um, really made our lives easier in the stores. In fact, it's also, for some reason, we're still looking into this, our stores that use our CV Cloud product are actually more profitable and have more sales than our older CV Core system. So uh, we are very excited. The team has worked so hard to get that out the door. Uh, we've implemented a lot of a lot of Microsoft tools with that, and some we have some AI and some modeling in the background to help the the store learn about their sales. So it, it's it's we're really fun. It's really fun now watching it go out and have people utilizing it. Congratulations! Yeah, when you start having those kinds of impacts on um, 
obviously the customer experience, the profitability for your franchisees, your stores, the employee associate experience. Uh, that's phenomenal. That's that's phenomenal. Well, Anita, in my introduction, I mentioned your quote about uh, being a boring person. We're already starting to realize that's not true. And I've got three more people who are going to debunk this with me. So no disrespect to you, but uh, let's listen into another mystery questioner and uh, let's have some fun with this and uh, uh, and tell us who this is once we uh, hear the voice. One of the things that I admire about you is your ability to be so strategic. And I'm wondering the superpower of being a forward thinker and being strategic, what kind of classes or what kind of projects or what is your mindset that enables you today to be able to use that superpower and move Little Caesars to the next level? Well, that would be Gina K. Nash, who is our vice president of our uh, support teams within Little Caesars and also is, is heading up our, our CV Cloud uh, projects and rollout to, to our stores. Uh, and she is phenomenal. Uh, in fact, often our franchisees think she runs IT for Little Caesars, and that is just fine by me. So uh, <laughs> she she is a powerhouse in her own right. So uh, in fact, her and I just got back from Puerto Rico where we had two of our franchisees saying, I don't want to use this product to, uh, by the time she was finished talking to them, it was how fast can I get it? So uh, she's she's that great of a communicator. But I, you know, I don't know if I took any specific classes or conferences that gave me a strategic thinking. I think a lot of it for Anita is just my, you know, some of it is my life experience uh, within other companies and other organizations. I've had great leaders and even teachers in high school who, for some reason, looked at me and said, you know, this, this, this kid over here, you know, is rough around the edges, but we think we can polish her up and, and, and she'll be successful. And they just helped me to look at things differently, you know, like a puzzle box. You have to look at different ways to try to open it up. And so that's one thing you can look with John Meister is ask him about his, his little puzzles that he would always say, hey, go figure out this puzzle, Anita. And he would hand me this wooden thing that I had to figure out how to take apart and then put it back together again. So hmm. um but I think, you know, if you surround yourself with talented people and if you are open-minded to look at different avenues, I think that helps you to be so strategic. I still to this day, I will go into a meeting with a preconceived idea of what the solution should be. But then mm. when I start talking to my team, you know, they nine times out of 10 have a much better solution uh, or a series of solutions or opportunities or inventions and stuff like that than, than I walk in every day. So for me, it was always just kind of learning to ask the questions and to be opening to different, different experiences. Um, I would often early in my career, and sometimes I still do, um, I would ask to be on the tough projects. I would just say, look, I, I know you're not going to have, I did this at Enterprise a lot. I know I'm not going to lead this project, but please, can I just be a fly in the room? And 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 I promise not to say anything, uh, which I always did, but um, it just allowed me to learn more about the business. It allowed me to look at people who were further in their career, how they did things, how they uh, asked better questions to um, to come up with different opportunities and strategies. And, and I also think learning more about other businesses, learning about learning more about other cultures, other ethnicities, just learning more about the world around you just gives you some ability to look at things differently than what you would if you just, 
you know, again, I've always been the Indiana farm girl. So here's how we always do things. I just, by broadening your base, I think you just have that ability to think more strategically. And then there's my great grandma. My favorite thing with my great grandma, when I was banging my head on a wall and couldn't solve something, she says, you know, sweetie, you just need to look around and you need to find another way to solve the problem. And so I think she also helped ingrain that there's more than one way uh, to solve a problem. So I think that helped me quite a bit. That's fantastic. Yeah, great insights. Great teaching, Anita. Uh, I've got another one that uh, I think is really fun here and interesting. So let's listen in. And uh, again, thank you, Gina Kay, for uh, being so enthusiastic and wanting to do this. So appreciate you. But let's listen to another question. Anita, you've accomplished so much personally and professionally, and you've overcome so many obstacles. Literally nothing holds you back. And you do it with this kindness and grace and class but you're also fierce and driving results. When you accepted your National Orby Award, you inspired every single person in that room, me included. What advice would you give your 18-year-old self? I love that question. I love that question. Who, who is that? That is Jen Wise with Inspire CIO. She helps our Michigan group quite a bit. In fact, she does all the work and we just say what she tells us to say. She's so great at it. So, um, and I, and I love her to death and those words were very kind. I really appreciate her kind words there, but I think for my 18 year old self, um, is don't let the naysayers get in your head. You know, I had many people tell me I was smart enough. I was strong enough. But sometimes those naysayer voices just were so loud. They get there. They just overtake all the positive things that you hear. You know, I no one in my family had gone to college. So I heard things. You are not smart enough to go to college. You're not good enough for that job. You know, you shouldn't take that computer class. You're never going to be successful. You know, and that that can really be crippling. So I would tell my 18-year-old self that go silence those naysayers. You're going to do just fine. And to be brave and to try. And so what if you fail? Stand up, dust off your knees, and go back out and get in the game. Yeah. Well, Jen, great question. And uh, I hope Jen is watching this on YouTube and not listening on one of the podcast channels. Because on for those who can't see, on Anita's right shoulder is her, her Michigan Orby Award, yes. And then on your left side is the Black National Orby Award, which is what John was just talking about. And uh, those that must be a reinforced cabinet because those are heavy suckers, those Orby Awards. They are very heavy, yes. And when I first picked it up, I thought, I'm going to drop this right here in front of everyone. So it was, it was yeah. great. It's a great award. You were telling me, Anita, that, that your company actually, kind of like the Stanley Cup, they sent the Orby Awards on a roadshow to all your different sites. Yeah, we did. We sent it on the roadshow. We really wanted um, kind of the company to know that the, these awards are all about them and all the great work that they're doing and and helping us design the systems and taking care of our colleagues and, you know, just and our customers and, and helping us be successful. Mm. Well, thank you again, Jan. One more mystery questioner. And uh, let's see if you know who this is. How does education and the love of learning play a role in your career and your life away from work. Um, just knowing that 
continuing your education and continuing to learn new things is obviously so important in the tech industry because it changes so much. But how can someone who, you know, works all the time, what can they do on the outside to make their life feel fulfilling? Well, that would be my uh, daughter, Jessica Young. Uh, She was my first homegrown child um, who is a teacher Uh, She teaches STEM programs and engineering. So um, love her to death. Uh, We we hang out quite a bit, talk on the phone quite a bit. But her question kind of goes back to the a little bit about the strategy question. You know, the more you learn, the more you can see things at different angles, not only learning about technology, but learning about leadership and cultures and, and different Uh, areas of the world to help expand your knowledge and and your ability to see problems and opportunities differently. So um, as she well knows, I love trying new things all the time. It just, for me, it's like, um, boy, I wonder if I can do this. Uh, Because, you know, I guess I'm at an age where if I fail, you know, what's, what's the worst that can happen? So in fact, just a few weeks ago, I went snow skiing for the very first time. Uh, and I, I think I killed it on those bunny hills, but um, it's, it's for fulfilling. I think it's really up to each person to kind of explore different opportunities to find out what they think is fulfilling. So I love going on adventures with my grandchildren. I love exploring new places with my husband or sometimes, you know, just sitting by our big pond at night. You know, um, I love we all love giving back to the community. We've tried really instilling that in all of our children. And that could be through mentoring, leadership classes, or, or even just volunteering for, a, you know, an event. But, you know, your, your life, and my kids, she often tells me this one, your, your life can't be all about work, you know. So my kids help hold me accountable to that also, because no one ever goes to the grave saying, boy, I wish I'd really work more hours. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, Jessica, thank you. And, and uh, we could have done an entire podcast. She ripped off like 10 questions in a row. She was just, she almost started crying in between because um, of the, uh, the impact you've made on her life and, uh, and others. And just, she's very inspired by you as, as all are, uh, we all are. So thank you for that. And, you know, another part of your story that I don't think a lot of people know about is um, in the spare time when you're not CIOing for 10 companies, parenting a dozen plus 30. Um, you also run marathons. Is that is that true? I do. I do. I, you know, I started running uh, because it was my only time uh, alone time. And um, I could clear my head, you know, until the kids figured that out, that mom was alone. So that was prime time to do mom chatting. So they started running with me, but I've completed over 30 marathons and um, I can't even count the number of half marathons that I've done. I'm actually training for two more right now. One's in April and one, hopefully I get into the Disney food and wine. It's the last of my Disney runs. I've done them all except that one. So uh, we're trying to get into that one for November. Too fun. Well, good luck with that. And uh, for those who can't see you, I mean, all these life experiences, you look like you're 39. So whatever you're doing, uh, keep, keep it up because... Uh, amazing story. Um, you know, one of the things that you and I are both really passionate about is paying it forward to the next generations, right? And doing great things in our community, especially in the STEM space. And Anita, we're so um, blessed to be able to, to donate, contribute $125,000 of scholarships to our leadership development program called TechLX, a nine-month program. And we like to give you the opportunity today to gift a seat in that program to one of the STEM organizations that you uh, that you 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 you're very passionate about. So, who 
Who, who comes to mind? Who would you like to give that to? Well, I would really like to donate that to the Michigan Council of Women and Technology Foundation. You know, their mission is really to inspire and grow women in technology. They offer programs for elementary and high school girls, college scholarships, and they have a great leader and mentoring programs to kind of build our next generation of leaders. It's, it's just really a fabulous organization. Well, that's pretty special because that is a now a three-time recipient of that gift. Uh, Melanie Kalmar, your good friend from Dow, and uh, Michelle Green, who was at Masco, now at Cardinal Health, both uh, felt equally passionate about the organization. So it's mcwt.org, right? It's the .org? Yep, that is correct. Yep. Yeah. And really special work. Uh, Chris Rizuski, I want to make sure I get her name right. The executive director does a heck of a job and a very active board there too, if I recall. The advisory board is very, they very active. They are very active. Yeah. I, I get I have the privilege of sitting on the advisory board. I started last year and it's a great group. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Anita, you know, we're kind of at the end of our, our time for the podcast, but the good news is people know that we're going to spend a little more time and next week, next Thursday on CI.com, we'll have a blog post that we'll put out there. Um, digging deeper into your story, uh, more of these Anita-isms, these leadership philosophies. And uh, also, I want to get into, you talked a little bit about innovation today with, um, with the platform, the Caesars Vision platform. And we're going to go into a little Caesars innovation, including, most people don't know this, you guys came up with the conveyor belt, which is like, you just think that's been around for a while. Someone had to come up with that. And it was Little Caesars. So thank you so much. This is so fun. And um, now we have to go back to the introduction and change it because you're not a boring person. And we all know it now. Well, I am, but thank you so much for for letting me share some, you know, some of my life with you. And, and it's been a great discussion. I really appreciate it. Outstanding. And one more, I'll just give a, a shout out to Jill Proctor from your team. Amazing comms leader uh, and great perspective. And she threatened me uh, by bodily harm if I asked you certain questions. So I didn't go there. So Jill, I did it. So thank you for your You help. did it. She, yeah, Jill will be proud. So. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much, Anita. We'll see you all again soon. Thank you. Developing a robust pipeline of future-ready IT leaders who know how to show up and engage differently is paramount to success today. If you would like to learn more about the Tech LX Leadership Development Program that Dan talks about in the podcast, we invite you to visit techwhisperers.net. Equip your workforce with a new mindset and skill set needed to maximize impact, increase engagement, and build a world-class talent magnet brand. You've been listening to Tech Whispers, inside the playbook of the best digital leaders, a Woolette and Associates podcast. Keep connected with us by subscribing to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you like what you've heard, please rate the show as this helps us connect the world's best digital leaders with those who aspire to learn, grow, and thrive in this amazing profession. Thanks for listening. Until next time.